Welcome back to the GB Graphics Download. Tonight, it is March Madness talk. Beside me, I got the D9 between the lines. What's going on? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's March Madness. That's all that's going on right now. It is March Madness, and there really wasn't much to describe with this show title, March Madness. Uh, we actually got to see some March Madness, actually, so we'll kind of kick off this episode. Actually, we I completely forgot. We got to play the intro. Can't believe I almost forgot my own intro, but <laughs> anyways, as I was saying, uh, we actually got to see some March Madness this past weekend. Uh, Brookville playoff game, first round of the state playoffs got to, got to happen this weekend, and we were both lucky enough to be present in that game. You kind of want to describe what happened? Oh, I, it was, the play kind of broke down uh, from what I read and what Dalton had said in his interview. He said that uh, it was actually supposed to be a down screen onto Cookie, and then he was supposed to pop out, but um, it ended up being like uh, a trying to dribble in to get a layup and then they just kicked it out in desperation and Clayton just hit an amazing 30 foot fadeaway three. Well, let's definitely, let's take a look at this. This one is courtesy of, I think it's either Pearson or Austin. I can't remember which one. <laughs> I still can't that believe that even happened at, at the Brookfield Jam. Yeah, I, I can't believe that happened either. That video was actually Austin Colgate's video, so shout out to him for getting us that video. I know Pearson Rollman also had a good video. I just didn't get to upload because apparently I have to have it as an MP4 file, and that was just a long enough process to do a 13-second video. I just didn't feel like doing both of them. But, yeah. you know, that 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 uh, that's one of those plays in – high school basketball you just dream about your entire life and couldn't have happened to a better person. Yeah. Yeah. So shout, shout out Clayton cook. I don't know if he's watching this or not. I mean, I don't think a lot of people who are watching it expected us to go live. I kind of just figured it's Monday night, March madness is coming up. So we figured we would talk a little bit about that, but you know, throughout the game though, I, I wasn't sure where, which way it was going to go. I know Brookville's down a little bit for most of the game and it just seemed like, they they couldn't get that one stop that they needed. Like they would get a bucket here to cut it down to like four or so. Then Seton LaSalle would get another layup or three pointer, yeah. and they kind of just kept that lead there, like four to six. But then late in the fourth quarter, they had what was it like a six zero run in the span of yeah, like they, fifteen seconds. Yeah, they had that six zero run off uh, the first time they were running a press during the night. They just got six straight layup or three straight layups for six points. Yeah, that, that place, it was crazy because I was just, I was texting one of my friends, like trying to update him with the game. And I was like, holy crap, they just tied the game with that yeah. 6 0 run in a span of 15 seconds. But like that, that place got loud during that part of the game. Like, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't even hear anything. I could not, uh, all I heard was just screams from around me. Definitely... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if they like called a timeout or something, but it seemed like nobody really knew what was going on with the game. Like Seton was still trying to play, but then Brookville was going over to the bench, getting hyped up. And yeah. But that's, uh, for me, I think that was probably one of my favorite games I've seen in Brookville. 
now I kn- now I know I was at the Brookville semifinal state game during against Bishop Gilfoyle. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty awesome, but they didn't have a full capacity like we saw this past weekend because that was like a little bit of post COVID times. They had a uh, very limited spectators there. Mm-hmm. Sure, for those guys, that's pretty awesome. But I feel like this type of game, an overtime winner like that, with like your entire town there, I, I don't, th- I don't think you can, I don't think you can top a game like that. Yeah, I, I don't think you can either. So, is that one of? Would you say that's probably one of your favorite games you've seen, like Brookville games you've seen live? Oh yeah, that's. I think that's probably at the top. It was, it was a wild game, and the crowd was like it was full. I didn't. I didn't think there was going to be that many people. It was probably close to what, like six or 700 people there. There was a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty awesome with the, you guys did a really good job with the whiteout theme. Yeah, the whiteout. Like, I don't know if you saw Connor Marshall's post, like with a picture of him and then like the whole student wave of student section mm-hmm. in the background. I thought that was, that was pretty awesome, especially as a photographer. It's pretty cool getting like those types of shots with the students in the background and especially with the the whole whiteout theme. And I really like that Brookville is one of the few district nine, uh courts that have like the end zone seatings mm-hmm. that's yeah, probably one of my one of my favorites that i like to see out of them yeah but we also were talking about like game of the year type of deals do you feel like this is probably like an un unbeatable like game of the year for the boys yeah uh i was talking to other people and they were saying that it might be the best game that was played in uh raiders history so i mean i don't know how you can top that with any other game in d9 this year Yes, I just I was like talking after the game with some of you guys, and I'm like, I don't even think I'm gonna have to put uh, voting out for boys no. game of the year because I th- I think like this one, I don't think you're topping this one. Like I know yeah. the Carn City before this, the Carn City CL game was probably my like would have been my pick for game of the year than the case yeah. that game, but this one, man, I I don't know if that's gonna top it, and I think that even topped the my all time favorite game that I've covered. I covered the Cowdersport. Shady side game. This was way back in 2019 of Owen Chambers. I don't oh know yeah, if... whenever he uh, broke the D9 all time or whatever. I, what was it? Well, yeah, yeah. He that wasn't that game, but they were playing. This was the first round of states. It was up in St. Mary's. They were playing Shady Side, and uh, he, I believe, he got a steal with like 15 seconds left, and then got the game winning three pointer. I guess I get out on the buzzer and that play, that was pretty awesome for to see. But I think again, this one kind of tops it because it's also at your home court, yeah. which I don't know. Did they just start recently doing this with, because we had a lot of D nine teams get home first round playoff games. Um, I think so. They, what they did before was I think the higher seed had gotten the home court advantage, but now uh, after the first round, it's just a neutral site or like as neutral as they can make it. Uh, but the first round, the higher seed should get close to home advantage. Yeah, like that, that was just interesting. Like, and that's awesome that some of these schools, like Otto Eldred, got some first round playoff games. You know, that yeah. was kind of cool. And uh, who else recently played this weekend that got oh. home court? Elk County got a home game. Yeah. Uh, Carn City girls got a home game. Who else? Did the Carn City boys get a home game? No, I don't think they did because they played Aliquippa. That's right. Well, I guess we could. We do have the fancy technology that we can actually look all this stuff up. Yeah. Unfortunately, let's kind of let, let me let me recap this weekend's first round state playoff games because I know there were a lot of 
there are a lot of good games, a lot of some surprises. I don't know if you'd say some surprises, some shockers, but once I pull this up, we'll go through it. Let's All right. See. If yeah, I'm my shocker probably tends. I didn't think Cameron County was going to win that. I mean, I knew they weren't playing a very good team, but I just didn't really know that they were even going to be capable of winning that game. Yeah, that was one too, and that's like a that that they played the district district six champions Portage in the first yeah. rounds. I think that they were probably only champions though because there weren't very many teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Six. Yep. Here we go. So Cameron County won fifty to twenty eight mm-hmm. in their game against District Six champion Portage. Um, class 2A, Carn City fell to Aliquippa 65-33. Otto Eldred got a 66-54 win over the third-place team out of the Whippeal of Greensburg Central Catholic. Uh, this game that I think a lot of people were talking about, too, the defending 2A champs, Bishop Canavan, played real yep. close with Clarion Limestone. That game ended 70-67. to mm-hmm. That sounded like that was a pretty good game that kind of came down to the wire yeah i didn't i didn't even really see any breakdown for it i just i that's really close for the say uh the double a champions to give uh cl 67 points yeah let's see i'm gonna try to pull up a quick recap here uh Lions trailed 43-35 at halftime, and then 46-37 at the end of the third. Jeez, that's a lot they got, Yeah, they got it within three points, it looks like. Mm-hmm. I guess that guy from Bishop Canavan, Shea Champine. Yeah, Ch- yeah. He had a thirty game-high 33 points. Oh, they were the 1A ch- champions last year. They moved up to 2A this year. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, because they yeah because they played ECC yeah that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah uh six it was sixty six fifty nine with a minute and fifty one left. Jeez. Logan Logan Lutz hit a shot to cut it to sixty six sixty one and Jace Ferguson hit two free throws to make it sixty six sixty three. CL also came also almost came away with a steal, but the other Barian from. Bishop Canavan made it 68-63 with a minute 13 left. Yeah, so they be, Ferguson got an offensive rebound and scored with 1.6 left to make it 70-67, but they kind of just sealed the game there. But Yeah. Geez, that's a that's a lot of offense for only a 32-minute game. Yeah. Like maybe the 70s? Mm-hmm. That's almost yeah. – that's like a college basketball score there. Yeah, that is, and especially yeah, for not especially not for overtime either. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Klingon Smith had 19 points, 16 in the first half. Painter had 13. Jack Callen had eight. That's not a bad, especially if you're playing the defending state champs. Like that's a, that, I I would say that's that's not terrible. Yeah. And CL will have they they have a good amount of their core coming back next year, I believe. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much all of them, except for uh, I think Heather Metzen is Clayton Smith the only one, or I think it's Heston, Jordy Heston, oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah. senior. Yeah, yeah. they'll probably be. I mean, granted, a lot of us probably counted out CL at the beginning of this year. Yeah, even their coach yeah. did. I I heard was what they said. Yeah. 
but they ended up like Jace Ferguson will be back next year. Like that's going to be a big help for them, obviously. Mm -hmm. And Jack Callum will be back next year. So they, they'll, they'll have a pretty, pretty good core back for next year. Yeah. I think, uh, didn't, I guess Otto Elgin must've gotten the better, the better lie having lost that game too. Yeah. They got the Greensburg, yeah, they got Central. Greensburg Central. That sounded like it was a, not as close as that CL game, but that's pretty cool that Otto got got a win out of there. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else do we have? So I'm looking at this would have been March 11th. That's all the boys games that was played. Well, we talked about Brookville. Uh, girls wise, Clarion did, girls did not do so hot against Union Newcastle, yeah. getting stomped 47 to nine. Yeah. Uh, North Clarion didn't do so hot against Berlin Brothers Valley. They lost 46-22. Elk Girls, 50-27. And Otto Eldred, 57. Manesson, 30. That game I heard... That game, from what I heard, I guess Manesson finished the game with... Four players, right? four girls on the court i don't know if you saw that or read that recap at all yeah i think they uh what happened yeah i think they only had like seven seven on the roster in general they had three foul out uh on their technical fouls was like their technical foul would have been their fifth foul and then they just finished Mm -hmm. with four players i think it was for only like the last two or so minutes so Mm. it wouldn't have really changed much yeah that's kind of crazy though that you that's that would suck to make that whole trip all the way up there just yeah. for yeah, for half see. the team to not even play in the last mm-hmm. couple minutes. Yeah, Katie Sheeler and Anna Mary scored all twenty-seven of Otto's first half points. Mary had seventeen, and it looks like let's see how oh Sheeler had thirty points. <laughs> Only thirty. Only thirty. So that's that's not too bad for for them. But shout out to the uh, girls team. They get to play Bishop Guilfoyle mm-hmm. in the next round. Uh, oh, I guess we should also talk about Dubois Central. Dubois Central won yeah, their first state playoff game since 1999. Hmm. So they've almost gone my entire life without winning a playoff game because I, I was born in, I was born in '98. So they they now have two. Two playoff wins in the span of my lifetime, <laughs> but I, I wasn't—I kind of wasn't shocked about that Dubois Central game because you were on the were you on the show whenever Chris was saying that Dubois Central girls had like a loaded schedule this year and it, yeah yeah they did and I think I think that's paying off for them like I I kind of even I'll be honest I completely like underestimated the Cardinals whenever I saw the like the record whenever I was starting to do my rankings but then whenever. Mm. Chris kind of brought it to my attention, like, hey, they, they played a bunch of, like, really good teams early in the season, and the record isn't yeah. really what it shows there. But now, like, now that we're in these state playoffs, and I think with them getting that experience against those harder teams, I think it's going to – I think they might have a chance in their next game. Yeah, I think the only thing that's kind of going to hurt them is that they, like, they live or die by the three. They, they can't mm-hmm. really win a game without making, you know, eight or ten threes as a team, so – uh, if they keep that up, yeah, that they they could really make a run, but I just don't know how long that can last. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other game that happened Saturday was the Red Bank the, game. 
Punk C. Punk. Punk C. Punk C. Punk C. Knock. Is that how you pronounce it? Is it Knock? Uh, I think it's called. Knock. I think it's Knock. I think it's Knock. Knock. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I, I I can't I don't I don't know I I've seen I like the state playoffs because I see a bunch of schools that I've never even heard of before. Yeah, but that was I was at the Punksy game before I came up to Brookville, and that was that was actually a pretty interesting game because Punksy was kind of playing exactly how they were in the district championship game against St. Mm-hmm. Mary's, like kind of slow to start, but they just slowly slowly crept their way back up, and then they went on a little run in the third and actually got the lead, but then. At the end, they just couldn't kind of seal the deal there, but yeah, it's kind of I don't know. Yeah, it was like I, I don't know. That was kind of I was kind of surprised that they had it like that quick of an early exit. Like I thought, really, you know, Chris was telling me I think Punksy was probably like one of the girls' teams that could make a state run, but yeah. And now, in their defense, also we got to look at it is they didn't. So they had like what two weeks off before the championship game, basically, mm-hmm. and then. They didn't play for like another. That would have been what nine days, so like they really only got like two games. They they've only played two games this entire month. Yeah, if we're looking at it from that perspective, because like the red right to the regular season is like the end of like mid 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 February ish. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of the downfall of being those District Nine like four A three A schools. You just get that all that time off between games like you know you saw it with clearfield which we'll get into the friday scores with clearfield's game actually we'll just start we'll just start off with that but clearfield didn't have that great of a game i don't know if you'd say that but they lost to laurel highlands 82 to 59 59 that one was uh i don't know anything about laurel highlands they were the third place team out of the Whippeal. Okay. Let's see. I don't know. Someone, I don't know if you can fact check me or not, but someone told me, I guess, that one of the players on the Royal Highlands is like teammates with Brawny James from their AAU days. Huh. I don't know if you can confirm that or deny that. or. Let's just look at their roster here. I don't know. I think he might be right, or I think Bay might be right. I don't, I can't remember what his name was, but I'm trying to remember what, uh, I don't, uh, he, they said the name, but this was also in person. So I don't have like text that I can go back and look at it. But yeah, I, I remember seeing, I remember seeing that they said that, uh, uh Rodney Gallagher. Oh, uh, Rodney Gallagher. Yeah. Okay. I see him. I see him now. Here we go. Okay. He's he's a senior this year, and he had yeah okay he had he had twenty six points uh, against Clearfield is what this says. Oh, and then he okay, had, then he had twenty four the game before, and then thirty the game before that. So okay, so yeah, that's that's pretty legit there. Yeah, thanks thanks Xander and thanks Jack Pete. Thanks for thanks for thanks for fact checking us that us insiders that think we know everything but really actually we just need help from everyone who's watching it but that that was a rough game for clearfield but you know that's that's another thing where they haven't played a game in like nine days and you get stuck with a whipple school right out the gates you know that's that doesn't really help that much momentum wise yeah but uh that was the 4a game 
5A game, uh, Dubois didn't do so hot against the Whipple champions of Penn's Hill, Penn Hills. They lost yeah. 63 to 20. Um, Elk County took care of Neighborhood Academy, 67 to 47. Uh, Dubois Central got, I, I don't know if you'd consider this an upset, but they lost to Harmony, 70 to 58. I don't know yeah. how well you know. I don't know how well you guys would know Harmony, but Harmony was a school that I played against in high school. Like that's part of our league that Kerwinsville would play in, the Mo Valley League. It's like Kerwinsville, Harmony, Machana Valley, West Branch, Glendale. Those are all like District Six teams. But Harmony is a super small school. They graduate about less than twenty kids a year, if that. And I believe if I read correctly, it is their second career or second ever state playoff win in school history. Yeah, that's probably an upset then. Yeah. Their coach is actually a player that we played against back in the day. So that's hmm. it kind of sucks that our D9 team lost, but it's also from from my perspective, like, you know, that's kind of cool. We played those guys a bunch of times and they weren't really that good whenever I played like throughout junior high and varsity, I only lost them one time, and that's counting hmm. like that's counting JV games also. So that that's cool that I guess they, they got that. So mm -hmm. unfortunate for our Cardinals, but you know, they're probably uh all ready for baseball season as the defending one A champions. I, I see they had I see they've been back at it at practice and I think they just had a scrimmage today. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I saw it. they keep posting every day they have practices. I'm pretty sure uh Red Zone's live streaming most of them. Yeah, Red Zone. Red Zone's basically uh he's a big help with that with mm. the Cardinals and that's pretty awesome with the card. We'll probably I mean we can probably we shouldn't talk about baseball because it's not a baseball episode, but we'll probably yeah. talk we'll probably be talking a lot about the Cardinals as spring spring starts up here. Mm. Um the other game in one A, the Union upset not upset, uh, but they defeated Turkey Foot Valley 64-28. Yeah, I don't. I don't think their uh, their run's probably not gonna last much longer. Imani Christian's most likely gonna stomp them down. Yeah, they took especially if they took care of Clarion the way they did. Yeah. It's gonna. I don't know. It'd be kind of cool if Union Union could pull off the upset. You know, I was also hoping that that Clarion would have won and we could have gotten a District Nine matchup in the second round. Mm -hmm. That would have been kind of cool and. That kind of reminds me, it was the COVID year, actually. I think our two girls' teams were both a win away from playing each other in the semifinals. Hmm. I don't remember which schools it was. I'd like to say it was like Countersport and Keystone girls, maybe, in the two-way. I could be wrong on that one also, but I don't know. Union's kind of got some momentum on their side, and yeah, maybe just, you never know, I, I guess. The, uh, the thing is, for Imani Christian, they have, they have a 6'10 sophomore, and in uh Alier Malouk who's who's got I think I think he's at 10 division one offers right now uh so I don't know that uh Xander Laughlin's gonna be able to handle him very well uh, I don't know I think it'll be a pretty good matchup I, I could see him I could see them doing pretty well but in fact, it is pretty cool I mean we were talking about streaks with DCC winning for the first time since 1999 how about 49 years for Union Jeez, 49 years powerful. After not winning a PIAA postseason game since the 1974 semifinals, Union broke a near half-century drought. 
I think they were Reimersburg High School at the time, too. I don't even think they were Union yet. Yeah. That was a, they had a pretty pretty good game. Uh, Peyton Johnston had 22. Laughlin had 20. So I don't know. You know, I guess if the Union, if the first half Union team that played against Elk County and the Turkey Foot Union team shows up, you know, I think yeah. we could see. I mean, I definitely don't think they're going to get stomped as bad as 78-43. No, probably not. We can maybe. Probably maybe 20, 25, maybe, unless they win by 20 or 25, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like I could see that being like within 10, 10, 15 point range. That could be our prediction for for that game. Well, we'll we can kind of get we can kind of guesstimate after this, but I think that's all the boys' games. I don't think I missed any, did I? I don't believe so. No. All right, uh, girls wise, this was from Friday. Lakeview topped Monotaw forty seven forty. I don't know. Do you think that is that kind of expected to you, or do you feel like? Yeah. I think whenever you have a one-person team, which they don't necessarily have just one person, but whenever one person's taking up 90 or so percent of the scoring, I don't know how well you can do whenever you get into the state playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Carn City didn't have a good night against Shady Side Academy. That was 54-19. Now, in Carn City's case... I think they're going to be pretty good coming up. I mean, if you look at their roster, they have two seniors. Yeah, they're really young, aren't they? They've got a pretty. So I, I think they are. I think they're on a good pace. Graphics are done for night. That's Sergio. Sergio just commented oh. that. Oh, hey, uh, Sergio, I did, I did clip that post of you calling out Miley from the last episode that you were on. <laughs> so I don't know if you two have like talked to her yet about getting that thing set up, but I think we definitely need to get that one v one game set up. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's some good content right there. I think that'd be some great content. I'd sponsor that. That's JB mm-hmm. Graphics one v one challenge. <laughs> no, we talked about that, didn't we? We that was on one of the episodes. Yeah, we, we did, did right. Uh, the first episode I was on, I think. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll have to. I need to like actually figure out how to make this even possible. But I think that would be a great. Would be a great show. I think that yeah. could, that could be that could be an exhibition match. Yeah, you know, start everyone off on the right foot, and we'll see how. We'll see if the dog has all the bite. That's that's what you said, wasn't it? Yeah. Biggest matchup of the year. <laughs> Speaking of. The game, girls game that we didn't talk about, and this is the last one. Red Bank Valley took care of Sierra Cath or Sarah Catholic. Yeah. 63-36. I think they probably got the best chance, I mean, out of all the teams in in D9 to make it the farthest. Mm-hmm. Their toughest test will be whenever they I think it's like one more win and then Ken, they'll be on Kennedy, they're on Kennedy Catholic side. Yeah, they the play round. Kennedy Catholic next game. That'll be that'll be a really big game if they win this next one, obviously. Yeah, that'll be the big determining factor. So while I have this pulled up, we'll just go through some of the games that we have. So tomorrow on Tuesday, March fourteenth, we have Amani Christian at versus Union at Kiski Area High School. I don't I don't know where Kiski's at. Have you heard of Kiski? I'm not sure. No, I haven't heard of Kiski before. I have not either. It's in Vandergrift. Any idea where that's at? Uh, Leechburg, PA. Oh, okay. Vandergrift. All right. 
I don't know. What even is Vandergrift? Not sure. Beats me on that one. I'm trying to look up. Okay, I see where this is kind of at. That's, yeah, that's like outer skirts of Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah, think, like, I think Amani Christian, I'll take Amani Christian 20 or 15 points probably. Okay. Uh, the other one we have, Cameron County versus Union Newcastle. That game will be played at Brookville at 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. What do you think that's about that one? Do you think that's tomorrow? Yep. Yeah. yep, I'm just going over tomorrow's games first, then we'll get on to Wednesdays after that. All right. I don't know. I think Union Newcastle has a really tough schedule compared to, obviously, what Cameron County does. Um, and they ended up being 23-3. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they have Union Newcastle does have a really good point guard in Matthew Stanley, who this says is averaging 16 points and five assists right now. So take that for what it's worth. But mm -hmm. I don't I don't really know it too much like, about Cameron County though. Yeah, they're uh, I saw Union area. They won their last game against Kennedy Catholic, 65-45. And with Cameron County, you know, that's that's kind of tough because that's kind of like what I said with, like, uh, Port Allegheny also, like, this year and whoever – who else was there up there? Uh, Caldersport, you know, like, mm -hmm. that NTL league I feel like isn't the strongest league no. that teams play in. Like, I'm not to knock on any of those teams, but I just feel like the competition-wise there isn't – now, granted, you had, like, Otto Eldred that you play twice a year and Calder – like – I don't know. It's, it seems like it's a very top-heavy league. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the KSAC here. Even though the KSAC might be a little bit better, but where mm -hmm. we had Carn City and Seattle play four times or whatever this mm -hmm. season. Yeah, so I don't know how that one will go. I mean, I know that they beat Portage, that was the District Six champ, but I also don't know how strong District Six is. Yeah, to be honest. So I don't know. That game's kind of like a wild card toss-up for me. I could see could see it going either way, but. I don't know. I mean, if you're the second place team out of the whip, you I feel like you probably have a lot of a stronger strength of schedule and their record probably doesn't correlate yeah. to what the, how good they actually are. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. uh, the next game we have Carl, Carly, Carlinton. Oh, against ECC. Yeah, that game will be at Penn West Clarion at 6 p.m. That is the third place team out of the Whip Yule. Uh, so Carlington does have uh, a really big uh, backcourt, and they have uh, Jaden McClure, who's averaging 17, 7, and 4 blocks. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to have to have Straub on him or what's going to happen there, but if they contain him, they definitely could keep move on to the next, keep moving on to the next round. Mm -hmm. They uh, let me see if I can pull up their bracket. So, let's see who they just beat. Uh, they just beat Southern Fulton 65 35. All right, I don't know. Do you think Southern, uh, Southern, Southern Fulton's better than Union or worse than Union? Southern Fulton was the second place team out of District Five. They had a record of nineteen and six. Hmm. So I, I don't know. That's another thing. I'm not 100 percent sure on how their strength of schedule is. Let alone, I don't really even know District 
five that well. Yeah. I think five oh, and six are kind of like some outskirts, like you said before. Uh, I think I think five is like kind of more southern, kind of like in that like Bed your Bedford area, like mm -hmm. those types of like those types of schools. I know District Six is like where Carbonsville should be. That's all our. That's kind of the area I should like. I should have followed more, but I you know we kind of followed District Nine more obviously, and yeah, that's how we are now. But I don't know about that game. That could be a. You know, Elk's just that sneaky team that could probably find a way to win against a school like that. Yeah, I mean, they still do have that emotional boost from Wasker coming back, mm -hmm. which, which I don't know, and I'm probably not going to talk about whether or not that was a good idea or a bad idea, but mm -hmm. it, it still is a boost. Yeah, that definitely helps when you have Jordan Wasco playing for you. Uh, that's all the boys' games that are being played tomorrow. Girls-wise, we don't really have that many left. But we got Red Bank Valley and Bishop McCourt, which will be the six o'clock game at Kiskey High School. Mm -hmm. I think that's I don't know much about Bishop McCourt, but you know, I feel like it's hard to go against Red Bank Valley and yeah. Miley Harmon and Olivia Huffman and yeah. the entire Red Bank crew that they have. I don't think that there's much more to go off of that, but I think no. they could I could I could see them make, getting a win there and then what especially, said, if they, yeah. especially if they get past Kenny Catholic in the next round, I think it's it's a much more smooth sailing after that. Yeah. So looking at let's look at the bracket here that I have pulled up. Kennedy Catholic plays Burgettstown in their game, and then they would play Red Bank Valley in the quarterfinals on Friday. Mm -hmm. After that. I do kind of see like it might be a little bit easier path to get to the championship because like looking at the teams we have left and the section like the section above it, we have Greensburg Central Catholic, which is the district se district seven fifth place team, and Maplewood. That's a matchup, and then Lakeview and Shenango, which is the Whipple champion. Yeah, I don't know how good Shenango is though. Yeah, I'd, I don't know, but I think if. If they can top Kennedy Catholic, if they if they can if they get the chance to, I think that's where we see it. I think that's where we see how good this Red Bank girls team is, and I think that yeah. would be that would probably be a big statement statement win for the Lady Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only the only game you could really go off was uh, their only loss this year. Whenever they um, kept it within five against OA Sacred Heart, who's also mm -hmm. in that Whippeo League, but they're a three A school, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, definitely, definitely the Red Bank Bulldogs are ones to watch there. Uh, so that's all the games for Tuesday. Moving on to Wednesday's games, Otto Eldred is playing Sarah Catholic at Dubois at 5.30. Sarah Catholic is the seventh place team out of District 7. Do you feel like that's a good favorable matchup for the second place District 9 team? Yeah, I think Otto can definitely move on from there. I don't know what their schedule would look like after that, but I think they can definitely beat Sarah Catholic. Okay, so let's pull that up here. They, if they were to win, they would get the winner of district, the second place Whipple team of Northgate, who is nineteen and seven, or the District Ten champion Erie First Christian. Okay, that is fourteen and ten. Keep in mind, mm -hmm. fourteen and ten. They just beat the Claritin. 57 to 37. 
That would be another possible matchup for Otto Eldred. Uh, your school, we got Nishanik and Brookville at Penn West Clarion at 730. That's uh, Nishanik's a really, a really high-powered defensive team. They're not they're not super disciplined on the offense, the uh, the offensive end though. So I think Brookville can probably capitalize on that. And I think they probably have the most momentum out of all the teams oh, in their yeah. like they have, you win, they have infinite momentum after that. Yeah, like you win a game like that, watch out. Mm-hmm. Uh, girls, one A action. We got. Union Newcastle versus Elk County Catholic, which will be played at six o'clock at Penn West Clarion. How do you think that game's going to go? I really don't know much about that game there. Uh, Union um, Whip Whipple champions. They finished eighteen and six. They beat oh, Clarion. They beat them forty-seven to nine, like we talked about. So that's. Yeah. I guess. I guess ECC. Uh, ECC's girls are kind of hit or miss sometimes, right? They, mm-hmm. they uh, like like in that um, D9 girls championship game where they kind of choked the free throws at the end. They were they were up for a majority of that game, but they're just kind of hit or miss when it comes to big games like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they were up by like what twelve or so at some point. At one yeah, point, I think it was like the end of the third, maybe beginning of the fourth, and then Ottawa just went on a run. That's their game. That's the Elk County game. Dubois Central Catholic is playing Williamsburg, which is the District 6 champions, at Bald Eagle at 7 p.m. Yeah, I don't really know, again, with the District 6 and District 5 teams. But looking at their team, they do have um, uh, two really good guards in uh, Isla, Helm- Isla Heilerman and uh, Jayla Woodruff who are combining for 35 points a game. So that's okay. that's something to watch out for. It looks like Williamsburg is also 26 and 1. Yeah. Does it, so, I, I don't I don't really know that, how that translates to the state playoffs though, playing in district 6, but I mean that's 26 gonna, that, wins is always good. That's going to be tough. That that's yeah. going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough game. But granted, like we said earlier, you know, they did play a bunch of more difficult teams early in the season, so maybe that will correlate into this. Mm-hmm. And the last game we have, it's another auto doubleheader. Bishop Guilfoyle is playing Auto Eldred at Dubois, and that is the seven o'clock game. I don't, I don't really know. I think Auto could move on, but again, like it was for Monitor, except it's a little bit less on this way. Um, if that star player gets uh, clamped up on defense, then it really comes down to the supporting cast. And I don't know that their supporting cast is any better than everybody else's in yeah, state championships. It's looking like, so Bishop Guilfoyle, I see is 14 and 11, second place team out of district six. I kind of like the favor. favor I, I don't know. I feel like that's an auto auto girls game. could yeah, possibly win. I think auto can win that game. Definitely. And it looks like from what I'm seeing also, like they'll play the winner. If they win, they'll play the winner of Aqu- Aquinas, Aquinas Academy or Berlin Brothers Valley, which I think if I'm looking correctly, I believe Otto actually has the best record out of all those teams on that side of the bracket. And 
I think it's the second best out of the entire like eastern part of the bracket, mm -hmm. with the first team being Williams Williamsburg at twenty six to one. But we could also unfortunately have to use this argument: was the NLT girls' regular season schedule? Do you think that was as strong as you know, yeah, say, uh, yeah. Elk County or what? You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. That's a big question that we have to ask ourselves whenever we get into the second, you know, the second round of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But I think they, that team could also be better if they were playing against different competition, you know, every game instead of the same teams over and over. Mm -hmm. But uh, looking at this bracket, though, there's a lot of teams that are sub 500 playing in this. There's mm -hmm. a 5 and 18, 7 and 17, 8 and 16, um, 11 and 14. That was in Clarion, but... Um, yeah, there's a lot of sub-500 teams on this side. Yeah, so I, th I think if, I mean, Auto obviously has that momentum from the last game that they played, so I'd like to see the Auto girls do, like, continue on the momentum they had, especially after the season they've had, and, yeah, you know, you have arguably one of the be best players in the District 9 girls. You probably have, like, the best senior girl mm. in District 9, so I think that's, that'd be kind of cool to see them at least make a run or you know, at least maybe have a trip down to get a trip down to Hershey. Yeah. Hopefully that we'll see how, how the girls do. Uh, I believe that's actually all our district nine games that we have. Looks like it. Yeah. Based off of my schedule that I see. So hopefully let's shoot for above 500. Oh yeah. Uh, they were nine and 10 is what I have uh, D nine at. Nine and ten, so right around five hundred there. Okay, that's not that's not terrible, but no, especially with the first round of playoffs because you know we're we're definitely not the favored school in District Nine, <laughs> like especially yeah. out of our district because you know we always get those Whippeal group first or District Ten and now football wise, I think we're doing pretty good. I think we've kind of District Nine's kind of made a name for themselves, having back to back years of teams in the Final Four. Yeah. So I, I'd like to see District 9 continue in basketball, keep going a little bit farther. I know we had Brookville go to the state finals a couple years ago. And then we but, had ECC last year in the Final Four. Yeah. So out of all the teams that are left, which school do you feel has the best chance of making a Final Four or a state finals appearance? I mean, on the girls' side, it's it's really hard to argue against Red Bank. Um, the only way that they can – uh, really lose is if they play against a team that can really get out on the fast break and keep up with their tempo. Um, but then on the boys' side, a little bit biased, but I think that Brookville probably has uh, the best odds of making a run there. And then probably that, uh, probably them and um, ECC just because of, you know, reputation and uh, experience from their head coach. Mm -hmm. I, I will agree with you on all those. Now, my wild card team would probably be Auto Boys. Yeah, just based on just based off the bracket part of the bracket that they're in, I could see that if they can if they get a little hot streak going or peak at the right time, you know, I could see Auto Boys catching a little fire and maybe win a couple more games here. Mm -hmm. The same can be said about Auto Girls. I mean, like I said, if if Katie Sheeler's on on point and dropping 30, 20 points. Yeah, they have a good shot too, especially in that in the one A class. So, those are probably the schools to watch. We'll definitely see how how that shakes up tomorrow and Wednesday. Again, I'm hoping for a little bit better than 500, and we can continue covering 
I'm not really ready to make baseball softball graphics yet. I don't know yeah. about you, but I'm kind of still in basketball mode. And I guess we'll kind of wrap up this episode with the title of this episode, March Madness. Are you how what's your what's your opinions on March Madness? You ready for this? Or? Oh, I'm I'm definitely ready. Uh, I don't. I know you said before you have uh, Kansas going all the way. No bias there. Yeah, def- um, definitely no bias. You know, like, <laughs> um, no, not at all. But uh, I, I think I have Arizona going the whole way. Ooh. I have Arizona, UConn in the final in the national championship. Okay, I have. I don't want to spoil too much, but I do have. I have Kansas and Purdue. Mm-hmm. I really like Purdue, and I know that Gator Graphics is. I know Gator Graphics is a big Purdue fan, and yeah. I've seen. I obviously I don't watch as much. I didn't. I don't watch as much Big Ten or ACC or those schools. I obviously I just watch Kansas and all the teams that they play. So there is kind of like a Big Twelve bias that I have. Yeah, it's kind of like District Nine. You know, I'll root for the District Nine teams, and when like the big tournament comes in, I'm like oh, I don't know a lot about these schools. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like me with the Big Twelve. Like I'm going to be rooting for some of the Big Twelve schools to do pretty well because that's like all the teams that I watched all season, but. From what I saw with Purdue, and I did watch some, I did catch the end of the Purdue Penn State game. And, you know, a lot of my friends are Penn State fans. So they were telling me about the Purdue game. But I think with the size that Purdue has on their roster, and especially with their 7 4 guy that they have, you know, that's going to be, I think that's going to cause a big matchup problem with a lot of teams. Like they're going to have to decide are we going to double team him or are we just going to let him, we're just going to try to guard really well to make sure he doesn't get the ball. And, I yeah. feel like whoever plays them has just got to be like on point with their shooting because I feel like that's the only way they're probably going to win is if they just outshoot them from whether it's a three the three pointers or because I don't think you're driving inside against him. No, not really. I think there's only there's only one team that can actually match his size and that's Oral Roberts, which was you know the the big uh, upset against Ohio State a couple years ago. But they have they have a tough game against Duke to start out so. I don't know if they can even make it past that. I have them making it past there. I'm not a real big uh, Duke fan. I like Michigan State. Okay. So do you have uh, – not to spoil or whatever to give any of these away, but do you have any big upsets that you could see happening in the first round? Um. So I have, I have like, as some people do, I have a main bracket and then I have some, like, uh, really unlikely, you know, big upsets. But there's only one team that can really uh, make a big splash and an upset – and that's actually UNC Asheville playing against um, – oh, who do they play against? Uh, UCLA in the first round, the 15 over the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching them in the Southland Championship, I believe it was. Uh, they have great size, great scoring ability, and uh, not to mention, you know, UCLA's best defender is also hurt right now, and so he mm-hmm. won't be back the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, that could be a big, big, big upset there. Uh, whenever I, I was going – I don't think it will happen, but that's like that's the one that I think is most likely. Um, the one I have, I have a couple actually that I could see happening. I have Charleston over San Diego State. Yeah, that's another one I I was thinking about. And I'm also going to be a little bit biased here. I have Kent State upsetting Indiana. Yeah, that's also pretty pretty possible too. I'm a, I, I do like, I mean, I don't, I haven't watched any Kent State games at all, but I do like, I just like Kent State. Obviously, we have a District 9 player that's playing over at Kent State. And yeah. I, actually, I actually got accepted to Kent State whenever I was doing my college application process. I just 
didn't it just didn't pan out to go over there but yeah i like i like the campus i was actually i visited there like three times so it was really it was a tough decision but ultimately i ended up picking clarion which doesn't exist anymore because it's penn west clarion now <laughs> but I, I i like i like kent state and seeing indiana indiana didn't have the hottest game against penn state no they they're also really inconsistent yeah so i i could see indiana getting dropped in the first round and other uh outside of the first round i'm trying to see what other upsets that i have picked uh outside of the first round i've got um northwestern actually upsetting gonzaga in uh, my main bracket i i don't know it's just i'm not a real big uh, gonzaga fan this year mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's it'd be close if gonzaga so wins that's not like super surprising to me mm -hmm. I feel like the West is completely loaded. Oh yeah, yeah. If you look at it, like I, I I'm not gonna complain about Kansas being in a tougher. You know, there's I know there's a lot of Kansas fans that I follow on Twitter, and they're like kind of upset and salty about Kansas being in the West. And mm -hmm. but like honestly, I'm not really. I don't really care what region we're in. Like if it's a tougher bracket, so be it. So if we beat them, if we win that bracket, you know, that's just gonna make us look a lot better than say a. Houston, who I don't think they really have that strong of a bracket that they're in. No, I mean they could play they could play Auburn or Iowa, the, and then they could play uh, Miami or Indiana, Miami. which are not, not yeah, really like, crazy teams. That's that's not like yeah, like I mean, like their toughest test if they if they don't get upset might be or like a Texas or a Iowa State, but. That that one's yeah. a big the the Midwest is actually that's kind of big with the uh, with uh, the Big Twelve in there. So I'm kind of hoping to see that they they do pretty well. East wise, I think that's probably going to come down to probably Purdue, Duke, uh, somewhere in that range. That's another Mark. Yeah, Mark. That's a wild card there too. Yeah, they had, I mean, they had a really good season, but nobody was really paying attention to the Big East. Mm -hmm. And that's tough because, like, I, a lot of people don't really follow the Big East as much because yeah. it's not as big as – I don't know how old you were whenever the Big East used to be, like, legit, whenever, like, Pitt, West Virginia, and all those good mm -hmm. schools were in it. Like, that was, that was pretty cool growing up to watch. And then in the South region, I don't know. Is Alabama as good as everyone says they are? Yeah, I think I think – the only thing that could really stop them is if uh, their star player Brandon Miller does get charged with, you know, whatever felony they feel is is uh, right. Um, but they could get stopped by Arizona, who's my pick to win it all. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go against you. I actually have I have Missouri upsetting Arizona. Ooh, okay. In in the round of 32. Yeah. I like Missouri. They've been they've been playing pretty good lately. I, mean, I know they they're both really really high scoring uh, offenses. So mm -hmm. yeah, Missouri averages seventy nine point five points per game. Mm -hmm. So like hypothetically three. Yeah, so that'll be a, I think that'll be a, that'll be a good matchup if that happens. Yeah. Um, I guess since we'll. Uh, since we're kind of local, how do you feel Penn State's going to do? Do you think they're going to get an upset win in the first round? Or? I I think they can, but I think uh, the thing that's kind of hurting them the most is Texas A&M was so, so uh, underseeded 
finishing, I think it was second in the SEC and then uh, still being a seven seed. But if they beat Penn State, I think, or I mean, if Penn State beats Texas A&M, I still think they're probably going to get bounced out in the second round to Texas. Yeah, Tex- that'll be a that'll be a tough out for them. But I guess well, some of my friends that were Penn State fans, they were saying they'd rather have like that matchup rather than winning and having to play Houston. Yeah, that yeah that would really right. suck then. So like you know, if, from seating purposes, you know, I'd rather like I'd rather play the two than the one. Mm-hmm. Honestly, but that's just my two cents and. I have I have Texas winning their game against Colgate. Then I have a I might as well just tell everyone my bracket at this point. But I have <laughs> I have Texas and Iowa State a Texas Iowa State matchup in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. I I don't know, dude. I feel like also like we we have all these picks and everyone has their picks, but I feel like this is just going to be a super wild tournament this year because there's really no in all reality there's really no clear-cut favorite i feel like like yeah, you've seen um, in the past years no yeah because i mean gonzaga was undefeated uh, a couple years ago and then they kind of choked out in the in the national championship there's not really anybody who's you know high above everybody else mm-hmm. yeah and that's why like i could see like literally any i could see any of the one or two seeds being in the championship and winning but i could also see all of the one and two seeds being done before the final four. Like it yeah. just seems like it just seems like one of those years where, you know, like this will be like a year like Duke wins or something, you know? Yeah. Which like everyone kind of wrote off Duke, even though they're playing better the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But like still, like they they started off the season a little bit slower and they were unranked at one point. Yeah, they were. How about uh how about UNC though? Being yeah, how about them? Not even they don't even want to go to the NIT tournament. Yeah, that's that was I was kind of shocked at that because they didn't really lose that many people from their roster last year. No, they had a I, lot like, of uh, super seniors on their team. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking, I remember telling some people last year, like, "Well, there you've brought back most of their team. I could see them like you know making a run or getting their vengeance and getting a win this year." But yeah, now it didn't even make the tournament. They lost, They were ranked number one at preseason and dropped like. It's kind of unfortunate, but yeah, I'm, I, as a as an anti North Carolina fan, I'm kind of not upset about that. I don't know. Do you, okay, so here's here's a question for you: Does your school have like a an abundance amount of North Carolina fans at all? I don't think so. No, I don't really think so. Okay, so I grew up with there was a bunch of people that were North Carolina fans for some reason. Like there. I, I can name you like ten people that were all like big North Carolina fans mm-hmm. for no for no reason at all. Like it's just well, they say they never they always have a different story. But like everyone was North Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. And then there's like a handful of Duke fans. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be a fan of someone else. So that's that's perfect. Yeah. There's only a couple what? I think that that really um that they really cheer for North Carolina. I mean, one of them is uh. Cookie though, he hit the shot. He is uh, he's a big North season. Carolina. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've been uh been a Kansas fan since the Morris twins. I don't yeah. know if you did. that was a yeah. that was a long time ago. It's really showing my age now, but I like I like Kansas this year. I think it's just depends on which Kansas team shows up. I know they kind of got spanked by Texas this past mm-hmm. weekend, which I ended up missing. 
but I'm glad uh, glad I got to see what I saw rather than Kansas losing. Yeah. But I don't know. They also had not to make excuses because I hate making excuses for them. They didn't have Kevin McCaller, and that's a big defensive help for them. Uh, when, is, when is he coming back? Or is he back now? They said he should be back. Okay. And Bill Self should be back. He wasn't. He wasn't even coaching them in the Big Twelve tournaments. So like, no. people can say all they want, but like when your head coach is in there, that's definitely a big, big dynamic difference. Especially mm-hmm. as a player, I feel like you like. Obviously, you're working with your assistant coaches every day as but just as much. But I think there's just that factor of not having your head coach there that it's a little bit different. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm I'm unbiasedly picking Kansas to win going back to back. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. They have the ma- they have the roster makeup too. Like two of them were starters last year for the championship team. So yeah, I mean, they, they've only gotten better. Mm-hmm. That holds a lot of that holds a lot of value having experience coming back, especially a championship team because you, you you see like if a team wins the championship, half their team's going to the NBA or yeah, you know what I mean. So it's I don't know. I, I it's going to be a difficult challenge, but I'll be rooting for them. Mm-hmm. So that's probably that's all I got for this episode. I think we've kept everyone on here for a good amount of time. So any any last second plugs you want to give out, and then we'll. Um, like... I think the only plug I, I got to see uh, Sergio one v one Miley Harmon. That's the only plug I can really make. I, I I will have to agree with that. Um, before I plug, I think we should just play this clip one more time, just because it's pretty awesome. That'll never get old, dude. No. That will never, never get old. Or like, you know, that's one of those plays that I'll probably be playing. And I'm gonna have. To, I'm. Just, I've been doing this long enough now. I feel like I'm just gonna have to like start doing like a throwback Thursday with all these things. So like yeah. in five years from now, whenever this time rolls around, whenever March 11th rolls around, I feel like it's just gotta be posted. Yep. But other than that, D9 Between the Lines, thanks for hopping on to the GB Graphics download. You can follow more of GB Graphics uh, using this this tag right here, at GB underscore graphics, two underscores. We got some more game day graphics coming at you tomorrow and Wednesday. I think it's like, what, four and four that we have? There's four games tomorrow and some, something, something like that. Yeah, so like that. Ho- hopefully this isn't the last week of basketball graphics. Hopefully we're doing this until March 25th. 25th. March 25th should be our last, should hopefully be our last uh, basketball day. That'd be mm-hmm. kind of cool if we could get that and then maybe some championship graphics. So I did make, a, I, you know what I forgot? I didn't do Clearfield's championship graphics, so I'm going to have to do that soon too. I just thought about that. <laughs> That's on my list of things to do. But follow JB Graphics, follow D9 Between the Lines. Great content over there. Uh, follow all of our graphic designers we have. I know Gus Harmon from Carn City's doing some good stuff. Uh, Gator Graphics, obviously Pago Graphics from Red Bank, True Story Bros. Who else am I forgetting? Is that everyone? I think Who that's, else every- is in- that's everyone in the group chat. Uh, yeah, I think so. All right, definitely check out everyone's designs and stuff. This episode will be available on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Get some JB Graphics merch at shopjbmerch.com. I know you uh, you guys got some JB merch. Oh yeah. I got some I got some between the lines merch. I I should have worn that today. 
No, I'll wear it. I'll wear it the next show and throw everyone off. But thanks for everyone who tuned in to our March Madness episode. I'm sure all the picks that we had for regarding the NCAA tournament will probably be pretty bad. So probably. Thanks. Yeah, I, I guarantee it. But that's all I got. Good night, guys.